Hi, welcome to another episode of #HashingCludePeople.h. This week, Divyanshi and I Tejas got a chance to talk to my dear friend uh, Nishant Malpani from IIM Tech fifth year. We call him Malpani. You know, calling Nishant has been a weird journey for me for the podcast, but we did it. So, Divyanshi, did you ever had a chance to interact with him in the campus? No, I didn't got to interact with him as such. ha huh. so when I, when i suggested uh, his name for the par- podcast what did you uh, think of him so uh, uh, he was a mentor to our batch like so i was assuming that he has a good academic record and looking at his resume was you know like the picture comes out to be a goal oriented person but when we talked to him like i personally when we were recording this podcast i got to know that the things he has done in his in the first few years of of his college it was quite interesting and it was fun talking to him yeah so for those who don't know much about nishant he was the uh, editor of 8bit he was the core team member of infinite in 2017 he plays basketball he has been um, i don't know he calls himself a csgo player but uh, i don't consider him to be that good at it and you know so one thing i respect about him is that he purposefully and very intentionally changed his behavior towards the college or uh, studies per se after he started he kind of realized you know uh, things weren't going his way in the first year and i think that's something everyone has to learn or everyone has to keep in check and not just keeping in check but acting upon it is very important and and i deeply respect him for what he does and apart from that he's just an awesome personality who thinks about giving back to society he he volunteers he he does a lot of stuff which uh, i think uh, everyone would be inspired to know about and i think uh, that would be a good start for the podcast Hi Nishan. Welcome to our podcast. Hello. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, nothing much. How are you doing? Yeah, the usual chilling at home. <laughs> Enjoying how my your, How was your mom's birthday yesterday? Yeah. Oh, it was pretty great. Uh we I'm not sure if I have to say this but yeah, we went out. <laughs> we wore mask guys, so don't worry. <laughs> right yeah, so right i believe you with family <laughs> uh, right yeah what, what how was the weekend for you guys pretty tired up with work and anyways uh, i'm sure yeah <laughs> yeah so what have you been doing in the holidays uh so academically i'm uh, working with a couple of professors so instead of taking up a 20 credit project i split up so i took 12 uh, credits under professor nandita four as a pe under professor sachit and a course because i was missing attending lectures <laughs> so what's the big project that 12 credits project you're working on and okay uh, mm, not really but yeah uh, so it was something new that i was attempting so yeah it was fancy in that way for me so we were we are currently working on uh, mon- uh, mounting some cache based side channel attacks on on 
and these are mostly like cryptographic attacks so for example it can decipher your public key or mostly like, not public key but your private key and and that is purely based on how you access cash patterns so yeah something it sounds cool but yeah 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 so so what are you doing recreationally are you re- are you are you doing some gym exercises or reading something yeah uh so yeah gym since you bring it on now uh yeah i've been sort of working out and that is also by the way through technology <laughs> so there are so cult perfect has introduced this online gx sessions and i had i had taken up this membership for cult just two days before the pandemic started <laughs> and that was a 10 month subscription brave choice so i sort of had to <laughs> but i i didn't know right the pandemic is this i wow. sort of had to bring the mar bring the marwadi out of me and vasool my paisa <laughs> so yeah i've been working out on with those trainers <laughs> yeah it's been fun so i've been moderately consistent yeah yeah so other recreational activities now that i am at home we sure do get a lot of time for that so yeah been watching netflix uh reading up a couple of books what are you currently uh, reading okay uh, so currently i just started with a biographical book from uh, david goggins it's called can't hurt me so it's about his transformation and he talks about his childhood and all that stuff so it's yeah pretty interesting i just started that for i guess a couple of days back right so mm-hmm. i think uh, we'll we'll just move to the crux of the thing so as you know the podcast yeah. is basically to to give uh, juniors and especially people joining college some perspective about how how life changes over these 4 5 years so i just wanted to know uh how how was your school life like and what were your aspirations then okay okay uh yeah pretty deep question that takes me back to my childhood so yes my school life so since i had transferred at a pretty young age so because of my dad's business so we came here down to selam which is a city in tamil nadu and yeah so the initial years because of the language barrier were tough but yeah it was it was an experience this all i could say so up until 10th i was here in tamil nadu and a pretty normal childhood i would say nothing nothing extraordinary yeah so after that after 10th i had moved to uh, mumbai for for the je preparation which brought uh, brought in this void <laughs> which all of us can relate here <laughs> But so yeah, so just was... one question so were you in mm-hmm. hostel or you moved with the family the whole family okay oh uh, during my 11th 12th you mean yeah yeah, yeah. okay so yeah I, i didn't move to a hostel i was with my grand grandmother's place okay right. so yeah it was my nani's house there and yeah which was i guess one of the reasons why i had gone to mumbai especially for the training like i could have gone to probably the infamous choice quota or some other place but since i had a home at mumbai they thought it will be a very smooth transition there right so, yeah obviously mumbai. even even i i moved to hyderabad for the same reason because i had family mm-hmm. there and they could visit me now and then yeah 
so yeah going back to the aspirations part of it what, what was your goal uh, in 12th were you thinking beyond getting into je like one of the institutes or did you have like a vision not really like i didn't uh, so yeah i guess probably i should explain at this point that where did this je aspiration came like so so when i was i guess in my yeah it should be 10th yeah i guess uh, it was the month of january we had and this was 10th right so uh, the boards were almost coming up and in the month of january and that's when i heard about iit and and all such other esteemed institutes so like yeah so living in a small like city as salem and and it's a very intimate space right and there's not much exposure here so that's when like just a few months that i had then transferred just before those i mean just before that i had got to know about iit so i didn't have like a big goal as such but it all sounded so cool that and obviously the media hypes of here that people from iit they go to all these other institutes they on this month so at that point it was obviously those things which which got me attracted to so even when i was going to mumbai i had no idea that what i was getting into so yeah that that should talk about like the aspirations part so that's pretty much has been my life that i i i never really had like one thing that i wanted to be and i wanted to do so it was mostly in the moment what i felt like and and yeah what what i was curious mostly about and like a, i didn't have much idea about iits but i was pretty very deeply interested into science so i had always been this kid in my family and me coming from a marwadi background so not many people in my family had opted for science so they would always like call me as the geeky kid in our house i at least i had i don't know i was pushed into this j dream pretty early on i mean not 10th but maybe 7th or 8th i guess oh. uh, so <laughs> no no not not that i i started working sincerely but i at least had that idea and you know parents uh, pushing me for it uh, but yeah i think you had a good childhood till 10th and i'm happy for you let's talk about after j like so like many of us when we crack it and we get a college are thinking is like okay now i don't want to study i will just chill for a like few years so what was it for you like you maintain a decent cg also and knowing you i know that uh, when you joined the college you were a bit chill but then like it struck you that okay now let's shift to study how did that happen yeah uh, first of all i don't know what you're insinuating by saying that i was pretty chill <laughs> in my first years but yeah it, it's it's actually very true uh, so yeah like most of the people after 11 12th i was like dude i have to i have to chill in my college i have to like it like the college life and the dream that people have that that this is going to transition and is going to transform us into this huge like a new huge human being so yeah surely had that uh, and i i actually uh, lived that for the first year of my college so yeah i was pretty chill but at the back of the mind i always had that i had to do something like i i was as i said that i was passionate 
about science and and all that things so and probably at that period the curiosity in me kicked in so by second year there were many interesting courses uh which sort of pulled me out of the chill zone uh so yes that's for that so i just it's it, it sort of just happened so in probably so the first year planned. i didn't it wasn't yeah, planned yeah 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 like even though i had like so yeah even though so this is one <laughs> very interesting shalash something lame that i had after 12 so i made like a list of things that i had to do uh in the in the college life in my college life so so yeah it it particularly revolved around doing like absolutely everything so i had like it was a very again a very lame list but i had things like yeah i had things like focusing on academics of course and then probably gaming and then get to the cultural aspects of the college like take participate uh, participate in some extracurricular activities maybe maybe start a small club or something so i had like a yeah, very very such little things on my list which now after 5 years i would probably tick off everything i guess so yeah <laughs> Oh, it's in, it's interesting because uh, so yeah, the first year at least for the after the first sem, you know, you get a grades and the courses were pretty chill and you know you you you'd kind of assume that you know that would follow, uh, but you know eventually at least in the first years like second sem or the third sem you'd see your grades going down. Actually, it it's like a parabola. I would say like you know it goes below. Uh, in the second year i guess and then it in and it picks off and i mean that that was the case for me so was there any tipping point where you felt you know you, you need to shift gears and if if you did what was the mechanism you put in place to kind of achieve that okay i guess yeah, that's a very probably a very insightful question in, in itself so yeah the tipping not exactly a very tipping point but yeah towards the end of my second semester had i the chill period had probably saturated for me so i had uh, yeah pretty much pretty much lived the chill period uh, and yeah as i said like the at at probably that point i had i was mature enough to now understand that what i had to do and all those things so the mechanism that i put in was very simple so i just went to classes <laughs> i just sat through the lectures made some lovely notes and yeah so at that point also i sort of explored what i could do with in the stream that i am in so i i, I got into watching many of these uh, youtube lecture series so i was just starting a new topic almost like every week probably just explore it and if i just feel that it's not for me i would probably switch to a new one yeah so it was mostly exploring the different domains that that this stream which is the electronics and communication engineering stream had provided and what interested me and all those stuff so yeah a very minimal and a simplistic mechanism that i put into get on track you are an ec student right your branch is ec so mm-hmm. did it ever occur to you that you want to take cs course or you want to get into that or you were pretty good with uh, your branch or the specializations that it 
offers to be honest i didn't really think about it so like the the policies that the institute has put in i was not very familiar with those so like i knew that i couldn't take like i knew that there were a certain courses i had to take for my ec degree but i didn't really put much thought into it so i didn't care about how many courses i had to take for ec and and those trade offs between the courses so i just took what interested me and and as i said like i don't so my first interaction like a very uh, scientific interaction with a computer was in my first year like even 10th and 12th i had not taken a like a cs subject for example programming or something and it was mostly dealing with uh, so there was this one course at my institute at uh, the junior college in mumbai which was electrical maintenance so it was also mostly aligned towards the electronic side of things and yeah so i i wasn't like i didn't know what cs has to had to offer so mostly the courses i did take many of the cs courses and that was out of my curiosity that oh this was like a very new thing to me and and yeah so so yeah like i did take many of the cs courses i i pretty much explored uh i guess the like the uh, ai ml part of it so so yeah after that i sort of then again asked this question that which direction should i have to go so which is where like the systems programming part of things interested me so so it was then it was mostly the ec courses which sort of uh, interested me but i think yeah. uh... it's it's uh, so it's it's important to mention that you know uh, so our fascination our fascination towards ec and csc mostly comes from the the media and the hype when we are in 11th and 12th and when we come to a college at least our college uh, there was very blurred line between ec and cs to be very honest i mean if we were interested we could obviously take any of those courses which we wanted to and that i think is a plus point of studying in a premier institute that they allow you to to explore uh, i mean uh, the fact that ec students can specialize in ai ml exactly. or yeah. networks actually shows uh, how good the curriculum is and how or, or like the holistic uh, development of a student comes from i mean the there are certain aspects of cs and ec which are both important for a ec student and i think triple itb provides that exactly yeah yeah i totally agree with that and which is why like i still don't have a very clear distinction between what what ec constitutes and what cs constitutes like i'm sure people would say that it's like uh, like it's such an interdisciplinary field the ec in itself that yeah there's very blurred lines between what actually comes under ec so which is why i never bothered to actually which is partly partly i'm at fault so i never bothered to actually see which courses were offered as under ec and cse so it was mostly me liking the subject of okay, this this i like i'll probably take it and yeah sitting through the lectures yeah is because you don't really have to uh, worry about it from an administration perspective because it actually plays out because we have 5 years of time and we'll eventually complete all those courses even if you just take all mm-hmm. the aiml courses you would be doing the ec specialization pretty easily so uh, 
I feel uh, we are in a good position. Uh, but but coming to you, especially the after the third year, there were there were students who were pretty clear that you know they wanted to move towards the AIML part of things. I am especially talking about the EC students and some which were uh, uh, like who chose embedded uh, systems and PLSI. But you know you you as you rightly pointed that you know you didn't look at it from that perspective and you pursued just subjects which you liked. So why do you think that was necessary for you? And people after third year choose a clear distinct path, either this or that. But that wasn't the case for you, right? Yeah, it wasn't. Like to be honest, I'm still not clear what I would like to go with going ahead. So for now, I've sweetly found this part of embedded systems, which sort of also answers the question that, like, I'm 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 more into uh, more into bringing two probably very separate fields together. So, uh, for example, you mentioned about AI ML. And you say that at third year, people had a distinction between choosing AI or choosing some other field that they are interested in. But in my case, it was mostly that how can I use AI ML into the other things that I like? It was mostly like I never had to choose. It was mostly AI ML and what? So, right. so I never had this, yeah, uh, this choice that I had to make. Yeah. You have interned with both corporate companies, a startup, and an open source project. So what was your experience in working in different orientations for each internship? Yeah, so I've probably done like the deadly trio that most people talk about, like working in some big MNC and a startup and an open source uh, an open source organization. So like first of all, what I I'm going to say would is take it with a pinch of salt. So because like the sample size in each of the cases is just one. And, and yeah, it does go through a lot of my uh, my own biases. But yeah, so working, uh, I had interned with Siemens in my third year, summer. So it was, it was like a mostly a research internship. So, so I didn't get, yeah, sure, it was in, in a corporate company, but I didn't sort of... Uh, right, you don't get that feel because and... research goals are basically long-term exactly. and you don't have that pressure of uh, submitting something. So, yeah, I, I was very fortunate to have that. So, because because like you, the research projects, I'm sure you you would know that, like they would go on, like it's very hard to get... Uh, some considerable results in a matter of two and a half months. So I was fortunate enough to work on that for a longer period. And yeah, the team at Siemens was super helpful. They guided us pretty well with the with the project. So yeah, my experience with, with working in a corporate company from answering your question is they, they sort of just, so particularly in my research project, they, as you said, that I didn't have like any concrete results to show. So they respected my, uh, they respected and they gave me a lot of time to work on it. They, they even actually um, gave me time to go through a course because I wasn't, I wasn't very familiar at that point with the theories involved. So they gave me time to do a course, learn about a thing, and they gave me time to experiment and all the stuff. So that was a very, very uh, amazing experience, I would say. 
so yeah coming to the internship with a startup i mean you actually did us uh, this internship while you were studying in the campus uh why was it so important to you to so you you had to balance your uh, grades as well as your work there uh, so how did it play a role so answering the question of like why did i had to take it in uh, in the middle of a semester <laughs> considering we have already all these assignments in our bag in my scenario what had happened was that was a semester in which i had just had to take four courses because the previous semester i had taken six courses so like considering an average of five courses that is 20 credits in a semester i i was able to do that so because i had this i thought which in hindsight was a very wrong decision i would say but yeah uh, because i had, i thought i would have a free time of one complete course i thought i would i would probably learn and put put use some of the skills that i had uh, gathered in the computer vision area so yeah that's so i so i just uh, contacted a senior of mine and he he introduced me to this uh, startup and yeah it just happened sort of so i actually just worked there for two and a half months and it was part time so it wasn't that hectic but yes. yeah a traveling to and fro was was a challenge especially in bangalore <laughs> you should have waited a year more to for covid to hit and then you could have <laughs> done this so yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean i just want to get to so this has become quite serious so again another <laughs> uh, life altering question i think i just wanted to ask uh how how was the family scenario itself because your sister's an entrepreneur your father mm-hmm. you know, works in, works with his own business and uh, so how do, how does that actually how did that shape you in uh, like what, did it ever play a role or did it ever help you decide on something which was very concrete to you oh definitely definitely so like being surrounded by such people so my sister she's an interior designer and my dad as you said he has his own business and he he is pretty hard working like he is he's an amazing man he works day and night just for us so i'm pretty uh, privileged to be surrounded by such people and and yeah so also if you talk about my like immediate family so i've been uh, i've these of these amazing cousins of mine so we are all pretty much doing what we like so this i guess if you point to it this might be the one property that they brought me brought into me that so so they all uh, worked in in whatever field that they like so for example my sister as as i, as I mentioned she is an interior designer one cousin sister of mine she's a she's a lawyer uh, a brother of mine he's working in an he's working as an analyst in one of the top financial companies yeah and one co- other cousin sister of mine she has her own startup so we are being constantly surrounded by these people and yeah i i, pro- I probably don't appreciate it much but i'm sure they had uh, probably subconsciously helped me uh, make such decisions in my life that uh, that always pursue whatever you you want to so i i have seen them successfully 
uh, acing in their in their own domains so i never had this pressure of ki no you are like engineering banna and all that stuff so yeah i guess that that played a lot that have played a very crucial role in my life yeah that's that's good to have actually so, so Oh. let's come back to college uh, in the beginning <laughs> you said that you were very excited to participate in cultural events of college and the cultural life of tripitb so right. did you join any committee or any like participated in an event or such sure yeah so like right from my first year i was pretty aggressive and joining almost many of these clubs so i had uh, i had participated in in the robotics club so we had worked on a very unsuccessful mission of flying a drone so yeah it partly succeed we partly succeeded in that but yeah it's a matter of opinion i would i would say that we succeeded <laughs> so i had also uh, participated with the dance club so we had a flash mob uh like the first year of our infinite ha uh, yeah right, the right. flash mob had happened and right, yeah. right. so yeah I, i mean you you write amazing stuff and uh, you work with aidfit for quite a long time and again uh, right around the same time you were also involved with the third edition of infinite which was a triple itb's annual cultural event so yeah right. i think you you did quite fantastic job at least with uh, <laughs> at least with that uh, so yeah just why, just why, could why, you why the laughter stages please <laughs> you know it well <laughs> so yeah i just want you to expand at least uh, so yeah i think i just wanted to just explore you know working with different clubs at the same time or how how does the administration play a role in what happens in our college and you know uh did that put you into some hurdles or did that help you create some process uh, for for future uh, clubs or companies to uh, pick up where you left off yeah so so as i said like i had gone very aggressive in my first year participating in many of the cultural events so i had i had decent ideas on how would i lead such clubs so uh so yeah i had i was the editor in chief for the aidbit magazine which is a student run magazine at triplet bangalore and i was also at that time uh, a committee member for the infinite uh, cultural event yeah so probably a bad idea of taking up those two things together in a semester which was the third semester <laughs> with an array of assignments lined up again <laughs> so since since tejas gave it away with his laughter about infinite so yeah we we had many hurdles and and yeah it didn't pan out the way that we wanted and yeah so that mostly when when i answer the question of how it progressed me so i after that event i sort of distanced myself from the cultural activities at triple it bangalore was it yeah, because not, the loss not, of faith <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not getting into that 
but yeah so, you can assume even, so even after you distanced yourself like from those committees did it uh, like did you ever told your junior about it or like talked about it oh, like sure, don't yeah. do this or something of that sort oh yeah just to be clear like i just distanced myself with the infinite uh part but 8 bit i was very much instead interested to make it grow so yes so yeah uh, yeah i think uh, like, uh, what uh, what i believe is uh, with 8 bit you you at least tried out things which i think uh teams before and teams after didn't though it didn't uh, uh, transpire into something which we all want but i think it was an in- interesting step to take because you at least a uh, put forth uh, or just gave an idealistic uh, idealistic scenario where something like a college magazine would would shape into and i think it was important for you because it was passionate i, I mean you were passionate about it but and you were passionate about writing i mean your your material does show uh, your passion towards uh, creative writings yeah you brought up many factors which shed some light on how 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 my work on 8 bit had sort of transpired but yeah another important factor was that in the case of 8 bit had like a direct control not not control like not not control in the sense that uh, you had a creative so control so we had like a very small and... committee so sure that too and and in many ways also the administrative control so i was able to pitch ideas directly to the ones to yeah to the administrative first people at our institute and just because of the so in the case of infinite it was probably uh it was a bigger commitment but with 8 bit i could i had the liberty to experiment with a couple of things and and the administration helped a lot with that so so we tried um, tried many different uh many different for example logistic issues uh, tackling log- logistic issues so we heard many uh many feedback coming from people that not many uh many of these issues are distributed around the campus so we sort of tried to uh sort of tried to help them in some ways so we increased the number of uh issues going in and uh, we you, look, you many, also looked at uh, uh yeah potential pa- sponsorships right for aid but exactly yes yeah and we tr- also tried to have um, many of the alumni contribute to the magazine so we we sat down for many interviews with yeah with a couple of people from the alumni committee uh yeah so we we tried all those things but at the end it comes to comes to people actually working for it and most importantly us seeing that people are interested in picking up those issues and and sort of bring into fruition so we we didn't see the response coming from the people definitely and, definitely i yeah, think that, there there has been this disconnect uh, at uh, with students in our campus i mean yeah i mean we <laughs> we know of those we have talked about those and exactly you you are more experienced to yeah talk about those things <laughs> yeah so i just don't want to get into that but uh, yeah so going forward <laughs> so basically uh, uh, so i have a huge respect for you uh, just because of the fact that you know you have put yourself uh, 
for various courses and one such was make a difference and that was pretty early i think in the second year and to give such a huge commitment so i would ask you to explain what the commitment was and what was the initiative which you actually uh, volunteered for coming from a college where you know we talk about students not committing enough to co-curriculars or extract volunteering things that i think was a huge commitment which inspired i think a lot of our batchmates and we joined in soon after yeah uh, so yeah first of all thanks tejas for giving me the respect means a lot coming from you <laughs> uh, yeah the, so for people who are unaware of what make a different does so it's a non-profit organization which which basically uh, enrolls volunteers from around the country to help them achieve the goal of teaching and educating underprivileged kids in many of the shelters uh, across the country so yeah so we go to a shelter house uh, every weekend and we are assigned a particular group of students that we take up the responsibility of teaching them for a whole year so why i joined make a difference or as we like to call it mad is so i had joined in my second year right so it was one whole year that showed me that how easy it was to sort of uh, just live in this bubble of triple itb so it was so easy to just lead that one professional academic life and since the the campus is so tiny that you don't meet a lot of new people and yeah there's no no real sense of making a contribution to the society in a way so that probably was one driving force that so very great social service i would say and that that it it sort of i had something to look to in yeah in on the weekends so they just drive to the place and and prepare a very attractive lesson plan for the kids to follow who surprise surprise they don't <laughs> so the whole act of going to the place preparing for a for a class to take and and teaching those really bright students was very uh, fascinating to me yeah from my experience of uh, i would say two things first of all the amount of love the show after oh, like yeah. you know, few weeks only you'd see that i really was crying towards the end of my experience it just feels like you know we have helped them in some sense and another thing was i was going through a tough time personally and you know being part of that mad family i used to look forward to it every week just because i had this another family apart from triple it bangalore and the fun sessions you know we we think about how we can creatively teach them because kids aren't motivated to learn but they are motivated to interact with us it was a life changing experience at least for me yeah i can relate to so many of the things that you said and it's it's that feeling of being part of something big which you don't get at triple itb yes so yeah it was very life changing to interact with the students and sort of hope to be a mentor for them yeah another thing is like okay whatever we do in triple it bangalore you know we so a lot of us just feel proud to be you know just part of a club or a committee in the college and doing something but there is no real sense of contribution as you said to the society and you know we just so indulged in our pride that exactly, we don't yeah. we don't and see the kind of impact <laughs> we are creating outside yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i was going with 
like I, I like this idea of going to a place outside the campus for a cause. And yeah, I may sound very ethically wrong here that it gave me satisfaction. Like that shouldn't be a, a, a cause for me going and teaching there. But yeah, it, to be honest, it did give me satisfaction of uh, teaching those underprivileged kids. Definitely. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, satisfaction is one of those intrinsic motivational factors. I think that's also very important. So what you actually see is in the first few weeks, they're they're still not connected. And, you know, just to gain the trust itself. I mean, I used to cry in the first few weeks that, you know, kids are not connecting with me or something. And you, you had to step up the next week because you couldn't live with the fact that they don't like you that pushed you to kind of you know go through stuff in more interesting ways you know and i think that actually plays a huge role in our development as well because if we can't teach them then i don't know what we are capable of yeah so, the technique yeah totally yes and yeah like the whole space of many many different volunteers of different age groups different backgrounds different walks of life coming in together for one cause that was something special and and the masters take it up very seriously. So, so going forward, yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of rant. <laughs> so you also volunteered for FIBA, uh, International Federation of Basketball. So how did that happen? Like, how was it? How was your experience in that? And oh, yeah, when was, was this? A very short yeah. week. So it was in a. In the summer of my first year, so that's when. Was it in the, Bangalore itself? Yeah, so th- that's yeah. primarily why I I volunteered. So so FIBA had this uh, tournament of uh, amongst I guess oceanic countries, and it was at Bangalore, the Kantivra Stadium. So I guess it was one of our seniors who had posted this on one of the social media website where they were calling for volunteers. So, and it was first year summer, right? Like I had no, <laughs> nothing on my on my plate to work for. So yeah, I, I just thought it'd be a very cool opportunity for me to partake. And yeah, so, so I'm, yeah, I'm very interested. I mean, interested is not a very good word here, but yeah, I love playing basketball. So, so yeah, I wanted this opportunity to know what goes on in planning a whole tournament and and what's the scene behind basically so it was it was a very short uh, experience so it was i guess the tournament lasted for 10 days and i was responsible for the hospitality for the international coaches so met very interesting people there had very uh, insightful conversations with them amazing food and well basketball Talking about basketball, you are a member of our college basketball team and (laughs) you have seen the basketball culture grow in our college from when you started and now like our our batch of students joining in and like taking the culture forward. So do you have a word for it? Oh yeah, certainly. So as you rightly point out that I have seen the basketball culture at our institute grow. So when I, I had entered the institute, we, we first of all did have a basketball court, which is so fancy. Uh, it's like in our college now. to have a court. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that sums up 
how the basketball culture was at our age. No, I think I uh, so. I just wanted to correct you. There was a basketball court even I before mean, yeah, you but, joined. Yeah, was... so there were constructions happening in that area. So yeah, so the first year it was us playing on concrete surfaces because of the construction work at our institute. Well, but yeah, and you tore my shoes. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because obviously I didn't want to put on my good-looking basketball shoes on the concrete surface. So yeah, they just had been kind enough to offer me those. <laughs> well, yeah, but but coming to the situation now, like it's amazing what what our juniors are uh, putting in the effort, and they have this whole. They they almost I guess practice every day. I see them on courts every day. and sadly i cannot join them because uh 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 work pressure but yeah yeah i think putting a word to them i think they are doing an amazing job and i would like to see them take part in tournaments outside of electronic city and probably uh, uh, beat christ once i guess <laughs> yeah this is an inside joke so probably your basketball no no we, we are quite aware of the christ situation <laughs> Yeah, those those people are huge, man. I think even at some point, even our college students were supporting them <laughs> just because of their <laughs> physique. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a very funny situation going on. But yeah, I, I'd like to see that happen someday, and our our college probably going to some some other institute where where they say exactly the things that we say to Christ. I guess that's one to put on. as a motto i guess <laughs> right so one interesting thing about uh, you is uh, so i just went through your instagram profile and your bio is you something which is uh, no i follow you i mean i yeah. followed you for this very reason that you know i had asked this question your bio could be quite controversial in the sense so in the field of uh, machine intelligence you know humans are considered superior in terms of imagination or in terms of creativity and stuff but your bio says that you are a superior neural network occupied with updating its weights how do you justify that okay i i i don't see it as a very controversial statement at all so maybe i'll try to explain why i do that so it's just a simple play on me saying that i'm i'm learning so yeah the superior neural network is basically my brain superior the word i chose here is simply because i'm not a neural network which sits in a laptop so i guess that clears a lot of things and updating my weight is just the learning propagation learning. which says that i'm learning i'm still learning yeah i, I think glad we gave that up so probably now i'll get more followers on instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah so moving forward just uh, one more question from my side so yeah so at least uh, i for one know that you go to a lot of these solo trips yeah and you've been with us i mean we we went on one trip and it was a memorable trip for all of us for certain reasons which i just wanted to see why you wanted to travel solo and uh, how do you choose a place how do you go with certain trip planners or or is it totally solo how's the experience then i think a lot of people would agree with me here is that like solo trips and traveling with your friends or family those 
serve entirely two different purposes. So traveling slow, solo is mostly mostly to connect with yourself, with the nature, with the people uh, to the destination in the destination. So yeah, so that's that's why I would travel solo, and which is what I've done uh, when I traveled solo. And traveling with your friends or family is mostly to connect with the people that you go with. So it's mostly building those relationships. And yeah, I guess traveling is a great way to test relationships on how how they behave in certain scenarios and what happens when there's no toilet paper and all those stuff. So you sort of gauge your relationship with people and and yeah, so you just get to know about the people. So that's I would that is what I would say is more highlighted when you travel in groups. Uh, yeah. So just to add to that, uh, I just wanted to know was traveling solo something you did before joining college? Because I for one want to travel solo. I mean, I thought about it. I even planned. You know, I woke up, but then I was intimidated by the fact that I would be going alone. And it just stopped me there. So what yeah, do you... Exactly the one thing you shouldn't be intimidated about on a solo trip. <laughs> so my solo trip was also special in, a, in the sense that it was very impromptu. So it was just me uh, booking the tickets an hour before and just riding on a bus to the destination. So I had gone to Gokarna the time that I had uh, solo like whatever you have mentioned as uh, probably negatives, that's absolutely the reasons why you should go on a solo trip. So getting out of your comfort zone, having the element of a thrill that what would happen if I get, if I get stuck here or what would happen if I don't have enough money or, or so, such sort of things which sort of get you out of your comfort zone. So, so I guess that's the only time I had tra- traveled solo. Like it's not advisable, I would say, uh, to not plan everything when you're going solo. But in my case, I just had to. So I had I, I was thinking about it for a long time, but it just never happened. So I thought of getting adventurous and, and just getting on with it. I guess what I would say to people who are who are planning, so I was in one of the phases, is to just just get it done with i mean just just book a ticket and and sure like do some research just know a couple of things in the mind back of your mind if some things go south so that depends on particularly on what kind of a traveler you are so i didn't in my solo trip as i said i didn't book the tickets to to the place that i would be living in so i didn't have any idea that where would i stay after reaching the destination and all that stuff so in my case, that was what I wanted. But maybe if you're traveling solo for the first time, you'd probably, I guess, book a ticket, know a few spots around. And again, depends on what kind of a traveler you are. Right, right. Just one, one very important question I missed out on is I consider you a noob CSGO player. And I don't know if you have it installed on your system, but I have observed many times that you come to one of your friend's room to play. So is it a conscious choice that, if, you know, if it's on your system, you would be playing longer or is it just the fact that your system doesn't support the game or how do you look at that balance that you create with gaming? Yeah, not a very profound answer, but so first of all, the friend that you're talking about, he has this amazing spec 
so he's like this gamer dude in our college who has every like a gaming mouse and a gaming uh, monitor and a mechanical keyboard so yeah so that's like his a very important decision in me going to his room just for playing csgo and another thing is like the reason i don't have it installed on my my pc is that i didn't want things to happen the way they did in my 11th so that was basically my 11th uh, just me playing counter strike on my laptop for hours and hours so yeah like it was right it's a self control move as well i could say yeah that. yeah but not the best way to control myself but yeah i i think it worked so that's it so next question so are you a party animal do you categorize yourself as a party animal in the interest of my parents probably listening to this podcast i would say no <laughs> <laughs> but wink wink i am uh, so yeah i just i wouldn't say i'm a party animal but yeah i i sort of like the idea of hanging out with people and seeing their raw selves under under the influence uh, was it in your after 12th list which you mentioned <laughs> definitely i guess that was one of the prominent and the initial points i guess okay right. so uh, but yeah, again, i sort of have to i sort of like to keep the balance and i yeah. sort of again make out the whole of my college life so yeah so you have a like decent cg you maintain a decent cg and you have partied a lot lately so how do you keep a balance with your course work and fun and now you are working on projects research internships and everything not a very insightful answer but uh, like this is the most i guess what you have heard from many of the people who have come on the podcast so it's just go with the flow so be in the moment and so whenever i sort of work i just get into it you know what i mean so as i also mentioned this one like a hack is to just listen in the class so that's mostly why i would say that i have a above average cg i guess things mostly get done when you're just listening to the lecture and in my case i was genuinely very passionate about the subject that i liked so so that answers i guess the academic part of my life and the fun part again that I, there are moments again in my life i'm just like every other people that i just don't feel like working or i don't feel like i, I just question that what am i doing so at those moments just get into the fun mode i would say that do whatever you like so be it watching series or going out with people or exploring any city and while you're doing it do it the best you can so that when you return again to the other aspect of your life you you have the energy and and yeah you you actually want to do that so yeah very simple and a very lame advice i would say but guys it works so yeah let's yeah. keep it simple <laughs> right i'll just ask uh, one very important question so we have again and again come back to this point of ec and csc in our college yeah. and you know what happens basically is uh, so at least in other colleges there is this uh, concept of core and non core uh, ec or cs jobs uh, but when it comes to triplet bangalore i think uh, the the placement scenario is also very similar to how we look at courses in our college i believe 
Uh, so in terms of an EC kids perspective, what do you uh, see are the opportunities uh, which we get to explore uh, when we are in the final year of college or you know when we are looking for placements? Yeah, uh, so my perspective would be again from an ECA standpoint. So in my case, since I was interested in the embedded systems side of the things, I never really had to look if a company is hiring an ECE student or a CAC student. So again, there was no distinction as such for me. That's probably because of how the institute made those courses available to me and how the industry as well uh, has distinction in such fields. So in my case, I didn't have to go through that. So, and yeah, the way I see it playing out in the current placement scenario. So an ECA kid surely can apply for, I guess, almost all the CS software development roles, at least in our institute. And maybe I think it's not the other way around. So many of the core ECE roles, those are only to be filled by filled with EC people. Talking about EC kids, I think there are many, many opportunities. And I think there's a lot of misconception about what constitutes as EC again. Talking about what the misconception is that EC people, they don't know coding or they don't know, they don't know how to write software. That's why probably they have taken up EC, but that is definitely not the case. So even an EC student has to be equipped with many of the tools a software engineer or a computer scientist has to adopt. So, so yeah, even most of my internships, they were mostly on the software side of the things. Like there was a lot of writing code and adopting the software principal techniques and all those stuff. So that answers the misconception part. Yeah, coming to the misconception part, what I find very interesting is so for EC, when we are developing or you know we are writing code, we are actually going to the very lower level of exactly, of yeah. the systems and you know very low level of the logic so i think if you look at it from an ec student's perspective i think they would really appreciate that fact once they start doing these courses and uh, i think even satvik in his previous podcast mentioned all coding is coding so that yeah. basically you know just the point that we are writing code uh, at the systems level or you know we are using c to do most of it actually develops you as a coder much more than any other person who is just learning python and doing the aiml part of those things i would argue that the systems programming and, and programming at the lower level is is actually the programming and yeah so i would take a bold stance over there and yeah, as you said, like an, as an embedded systems and coming from an EC background, you still have to write the software. And what the EC part comes in here is that you have to be aware of the hardware. So you have to know what's going on when you write a code and how, how it sort of communicates with your hardware. So you have to know across the abstraction layers which is what got me interested. So the interplay yeah, the, between like the hardware and the software part is, is very Yeah, important. the misconception of joining the wires uh, uh, <laughs> is something which, which always exists for students in 11th and 12th. So I think for the first year kids who are listening, I think that, that kind of explains most of it. Yeah. So another very important thing, which I feel at least in our college is the fact that we have excellent HSS faculty, which stands for Humanities and Social Sciences. 
basically but you know we we downplay it a lot i mean uh, the fact that yes we have those courses it it shows a, a institute's commitment in terms of looking at technology from a holistic standpoint but dhss courses can play such a huge role in our lives and you for one take those courses very seriously too so i just wanted to hear from you why that was important and how the institute played a role in that the first point that you mentioned that yeah it's sort of looked down upon at our institute and yeah again this is coming from my perspective is that people don't take it seriously so maybe they do maybe i'm wrong but yeah i i see that they don't take it as seriously at least as the t- other technical courses offered and you know and they, the they take it as the they take it as this course which could be easily uh, to get grades yeah get get through you, the fact that you don't have to code seems so much easier to them i feel that puts such a negative impact on how we look at these courses true true yeah yeah so that that's there and what i was getting at is that the fact that these courses are accessible at our institute is very it's an exciting prospect so and how it plays at our institute like where where they have modeled their courses to sort of also highlight how the social studies impact the technology so they have this intersection between the technology that we mostly learn in the other courses that we sort of so for example an ai application you make or or some software that you make so how that plays role when it actually is embedded into our society it's actually used by many complex beings as humans so yeah learning about those things and and from a faculty which are highly distinguished so it it brought in this another mode of thinking so like we had always always been thinking in a very scientific method i would say so this 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 was something which was very new to me and how you question every decisions and how those decisions are are so complexly fabricated from your mind and what happens when you sort of deploy a product or a technology into the into the real world yeah so those things were supremely very fascinating to me like taking from our college i argue that that's the most that's where the most of the learning happened in my case like sure you can take many of the technical courses on on many of the e learning websites on the internet but such courses where you actually have to think and i mean i am not downplaying the technical side of the things but yeah like it brings in another another system of thinking yeah which is i guess the one thing that i really liked about our college so one thing i'm glad that you brought up the e learning uh, point of it because what i felt was uh, if you if you if you're just listening to those hss courses there is a lot more in terms of discussion there is a lot more in terms of students contributing to those discussions as well as the faculty getting back to you and i felt that there itself was such a learning experience for me because you know what happens is we are not just looking at one particular algorithm per se but you know when when each of us was presenting on different topics i mean we connected with netflix documentaries we connected with movies we connected with society we connected with uh, startups we connected with so many so many of these elements which make up our society 
that it just brings such a huge perspective and a narrative onto the table i think that can only happen in a classroom setting where we have a faculty who could who could guide us as well as we have peers who could uh, who could discuss and that i think plays a huge role in terms of not just as a uh, as a developer but as a human being when we are doing anything in the society yeah the great point i guess you mentioned here is the in class discussions which takes place in such courses so yeah you get to know about how how people others think probably for you what you would be thinking is is the irrefutable truth but yeah others they would have a different perspective on things so the discussions that take place uh, around in those settings and and the and then the huge variety of topics which are covered in such courses i don't think it's offered anywhere else right and this, i guess that's why probably so i had made this conscious decision towards the end of my five year here at triple it we had made such decisions so that i make most out of these courses which i don't think are offered anywhere else and i not offered anywhere else but i don't think they can be learned online yeah so i try to make more out most out of it and yeah that was done definitely definitely one last thing i wanted to ask was uh, so what is the one main thing you would like your juniors to take away from this podcast uh, well okay so we talked about various things yeah, and if, so... if if one has to summarize it how would you look at it yeah or just yeah. your life or just the learn learnings you had yeah uh, the fact that we talked about the various things i guess should be brought in this situation so so i like to keep my life very balanced so i like to sort of have a dimension in where i take part in sports where i take part in cultural activities and i'm also very passionate about like the academics part so yeah so what i would say to my juniors is like just just do whatever you are curious and don't get into the whole uh, uh placements wani wala scene or or any other thing of those sorts so go don't get into the pressure of what my goal should be so it's okay to not have a goal it's okay to okay to not know what your next step would be just sort of appreciate the journey and i would say sure i'm like very privileged enough to do that i'm sure there are people who cannot afford this to put in simple terms but yeah do it as much as you can do it yeah do things that interest you keep like balance don't just don't just be in your room locked up and keep studying so make the most out of your uh, social life even at our institute take part in many different things that you have never took part in in your say school and i'm sure tejas would back me up here yeah yeah definitely one one important thing which i think uh, i was told throughout my childhood was you know just so you study now the personality development is something which will happen in the college and if we are following that same perspective that you are looking just uh, just for yourself that you know you just want to study or you know chill i think uh, it's the worst way to look at uh, from a college experience perspective you just have to make those friendships and connections which can last through a lifetime and given this is a five years course you need to develop a sense of family you need to develop a sense of responsibility to where you are living at and that actually shapes you as a person i believe yeah, yeah those yeah. are my two cents i would say to anyone <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely, I'll pay more than two cents for this. <laughs> right. So, thank you, Nishant. It has been a wonderful experience talking to you and you know reconnecting those past experiences because we have been friends for quite a long time. But these are some sort of honest conversations which we don't usually have as friends. Oh, definitely, dude. I'm so envious that you get to do this every week. So, like the whole idea of getting a new guest every week and and just have like very honest conversations as you said it like it's i guess a very uh, good concept that you have brought in and yeah i think you guys are doing an amazing job here thanks thank you thank you